Begin Podfix Network transmission in 3, 2, 1. 30 seconds and counting. Astronauts report it feels good. T minus 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to it's not rocket surgery on that 8.9 Northwest SM. Tower cleared. Here we got a roll program. Reporting their roll and pitch program. Not a proper heading. Welcome. It's the Rock Surgeon back on the air. Yay! Yay! Yes, it's Although, the- with that intro, I'm not quite sure everyone's feeling the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, been, it, it's been a long time. It's been a it long time. It feels like a time. long time. Three weeks. 21 days. 21 days. 21. Which isn't the longest gap we've had, but still. It's close to. We were feeling like we were yes. almost forgot how to do it. No, no, it's three weeks. And by Twi- we, I mean you. This is this is <laughs> twice in a month. So the first time in ages, we've done two shows in a month. Yes. Uh, March was the last time we did two shows in a month, which is only April, May, you know. Mm, couple months. It's nothing. Couple nothing, of months. Nothing. Couple of months. Uh, it's Not Rocket Surgery, episode 340, this 25th of June, 2023. Look, like everyone understands, as you approach milestones, you suddenly get a bit nervous and it just takes longer to score. <laughs> it's like the, the, we're in the nervous 340s Exactly, exactly 330s Yeah So You know, a bit bit too much blocking A bit too mm. much stuck in the crease So it's the Usman Khawaja show Exactly uh, It's more like, more like the, um, the the Martian boonies, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, From my memory, they always struggle to get past a ton But you know in the studio with me for this crazy ride that will be episode 340 is uh, Andrew. It's me. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Sundays are busy with uh, all the sports and stuff. So That's the thing. I think, um, uh, I don't know about everybody else, but I certainly feel sometimes at the moment that with so much going on, you start to draw back mm-hmm. and you try and make energy savings where you can mentally. Yep. And sometimes Sunday nights isn't as uh, you're not feeling it as much as you would like. No. So and look, you know, and no one wants to listen to us yawn through an entire two-hour show. No, the yawning should be done by the the the, the, uh, listeners. the listeners. That's, That's right, right. <laughs> not the presenters. Uh, so look, we'll we'll try to minimise our yawning, but uh, and hopefully we'll minimise your yawning too. Yay! Uh, so tonight on this uh, episode, we'll be talking about. Structural integrity. Structural integrity. <laughs> 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 Just after I said we're going to try not, not make you yawn. Well, no, no, no. We're going to talk about the Titan submersible uh, disaster okay. and how structural integrity matters. Yes. So, we will go deep on-, on Because cause this they is our jam. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go deep because they couldn't. <laughs> 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 
so uh, yes, we're talking about the Titan submersible um, and the uh, the whole debacle that is. And but from a and why it is a debacle. For so many reasons, um, yes. as as structural integrity engineers, yeah. uh, people who live and breathe aerospace structures and understand the nature of uh, we are not fatigue uh, above the idea that there is always a balance between performance and risk, mm-hmm. and that you can't just keep adding to something to make it safe. Mm-hmm. But that's where structural design, as much as materials engineers may disagree with this, mm-hmm. structural design does matter. Bridges are not just poured from concrete. No. <laughs> so, no. So, so, and unfortunately, submersibles that need to withstand uh, 500 atmospheres or whatever it is, or 1,000 atmospheres at the depths that they're going down to, um, structures do matter. <laughs> <laughs> and proof in case. The, case in point. The, uh, the catastrophic uh, failure of uh, Titan, but we'll, we'll go we'll into talk that. About that. Um, we'll also talk about the Apple Vision Pro, which came out in the last three weeks. Cool. So it was the uh, the new uh, augmented reality headset from because uh, that's also our jam. It is also our jam, and the uh, other other article I promised was the uh, the Blue Balls Science. Oh dear. <laughs> So, um, that said, I'm hoping to get out of here before midnight. Same. Or at midnight at yeah. the latest. Because so we're it's, all It's going to be a men. short one. And I'm, I've, I've got a seven. I've got to drop uh, Ariana off at work at seven o'clock in the morning. So, I'm probably going straight to work after that. So uh-huh. Well, I've decided I will be uh, staying at home tomorrow, working from home, because I'm waiting for a package that did not arrive on Friday. Oh, no. So. All right. Well, but we nonetheless, a midnight finish is is good for both of us. Yes, um, and you know we'll sort of try to keep it tight and compact. We'll play we'll play the usual music. Uh, that it, I've tried to theme the music tonight. Okay, see, if, cool. see if you can see what the theme is. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, so many so many possibilities. As well as the uh, blue ball story, there was one other biology story which I didn't mention in the uh, in the uh, um, promotional material. But the uh, the crocodile who had a virgin birth that was uh, also in the news a couple of weeks ago so but let's face it that's more likely I mean it's not like human beings no but it, it's, no, no it's, it's claiming it is still is rare God. it is still rare and I've seen stories about amphibians having virgin births and fish having virgin births and this is some, a larger animal which they've um, documented but still in the same species well no, roughly most, well amphibians aren't reptiles so fish are not reptiles yeah, so but this, you know it's all it's all still in the not humans, not not mammals. In, to, in the order of uh, animalian complexity, mm. they're kind of neighbours. Yes, they. I'll, I'll grant you that they are in that in that neighbourhood. Yes, they're in the same hood. So long as they, uh, so long as they don't give birth to live young. Yeah, they're kind of in the same hood. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. So. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll you tell me a panda is having asexual reproduction, and while I will laugh, mm-hmm. I will also be impressed. But we're not talking about pandas. We are not talking about pandas. No. So look, there's other stories. If you want to say hello, uh, if you want to chime in at any stage, you can do so on Facebook. And what's on left Twitter. of our audience <laughs> at R C K T S R G O O? That's Rocket Surgery Nova Hours. Yes. Apologies to all the people who have uh, been hanging out for new material, but you know we've been. But that's why we hang out on the socials, so that we can let people know when we can finally be asked, dragging ourselves into the studio. Finally being asked. Yes. 
Um, I love the English language, not. Um, <laughs> um, Maria's chimed in on, on ah, Facebook. Ah, there you go. She's listening. Hello, Hello, Maria. Hello, crew. Glad you're back and sounding caffeinated. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, which means, of course, that for the first hour, you'll be barely able to understand a word we say, and then the second hour, I'll be yawning my head off. So, we'll, we'll look. Good to go for an hour, hour and a half. Be an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second, uh, second half hour. the second hour. Um, It'll just feel like an hour. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, we should probably do a song, uh, station break, and get into it. Even though station breaks haven't come up, it'll probably come up. By the time you're done, it I'm will. sure it will have appeared, and that way we can talk about all things Teeny Tiny Submarine. And, and let's see if you can pick what the, what the songs are about. Do right, it. So I'll need to, uh, to, to grab this, this song. First song is, um, here we go. We've got... Uh, this one. So it's a bluegrass song. Nice. We like some we bluegrass. We like bluegrass. So um, let me make sure it's on the right things. Here we go. We're good to go. All right. Uh, Andrew and I will be back in about three or so minutes, depending on where the station break pops up or not. Back soon. I promise you. And we're back. We're back. Yes, that was uh, some bluegrass under pressure. Under pressure. See if you know what the what the theme is. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely a thousand atmospheres. Of pressure. Oh, oh. Um, what's a thousand atmospheres? No, four hundred atmospheres. <laughs> <laughs> Only four hundred. <laughs> oh, all right. So yes. Um, so let, let's talk about the the elephant in the room, the the yes. submarine at the bottom of the ocean, submersible. Sorry, it's not submarine. The Titanic, ti- Titan submersible. Um, so I, Ocean Gates Titan Submersible. I, I did find it very interesting. I mean, for a start, I would never have named a submersible going down to the Titanic of the Titan. No. It's just courting bad luck. Yep. Um, I f- did find it interesting that, and I think people held off for probably good reasons. Um, for the first five days until they, could, they couldn't sort of spin it out any longer that they could be rescued... It was all about they've gone missing. Uh, we're sending probes down there. We're looking for them. Mm. It's a really difficult environment to operate. It's very hard to find things. They've got three days, maybe four so let's, of, let's, of air. Let's, let's back it up. Let's assume somebody's been living on the rock for the last week. And what let, happened? Let, let's assume that maybe somebody in the future... Doesn't know what he's the listening hell we're to the podcast. About. So yes, um, a private company called Ocean Gate um, have been running uh, tourist um, tour- tourist slash scientific uh, uh, expeditions. Expeditions. They're um, very expensive. They're only run like this is, I think, the third mission of this particular vessel. Uh, one in two thousand and twenty-one. One in two thousand twenty-two, and mm-hmm. one this year. Mm-hmm. Something like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a ticket. Yep. Uh, and because they do like and the, the 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 idea is that they do scientific monitoring of the wreck, and that way they can track to see if it's degrading, where it's degrading, all of that sort of stuff. Yep. And to make money doing so, to fund it, because the government doesn't actually want to pay to send people down there mm-hmm. or send any vessels down there. Private companies have filled the void. This particular company, yes, has built a particular submersible. Not the same company that obviously James Cameron used when he was doing his no. uh, film uh, work on the Titanic, mm-hmm. but someone that follows in roughly. It's a small community, and yep. they're following their wake. 
about what would it be a week mm-hmm. a week ago the vessel that was on its way down lost uh, that we all lost all contact yep they said they had about something like 90 hours worth of oxygen 96 hours i think they went down with um and it was on the 18th of june so a week ago today and so they were basically so for the first four or five days they were basically pushing the research so mm-hmm. the, the rescue angle of this story um sadly uh probably day four Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, the Coast Guard sp- uh, found a bunch of debris. Yep. Um, I don't know if they found it on the surface or no, no. It, so about five hundred meters from the bow of the Titanic. So yeah. On the on the ground. So they found and it was big enough that it could not have come from anything other than well. They found they could identify the tail cone. Yeah. And they found both bell ends um, yep. of, of the of the pressure chamber. And sadly, it means that they then came to the conclusion that, and this is probably why they delayed it for this mm-hmm. many days, they came to the conclusion that it wasn't a, say, internal power failure or a propulsion failure or even damage to uh, the maneuver systems of yep. the ship. It was a catastrophic failure of the pressure vessel, yep. which is the bit in which the people sit inside. Mm-hmm. And at that pressure, that depth, it's instantaneous crush. Yeah, so... So they they believe uh, the catastrophic failure, uh, the implosion occurred um, when they lost co- uh, contact with the, which was about an hour and a half into its dive, yeah. and so basically at that pressure, it would have um, taken point six of a second. Oh yeah, it's uh, very it basically quick. N- be inf- faster than people could re- yeah, realize right. what had happened. Correct, and. Um, and the temperature would have been because because you're talking about pressurized air, um, the water wants to get into that chamber to equalize very quickly. Mm. So um, it would have people would have died. I, I've, heard, I've heard straight away. I've heard yeah, estimated temperature of like surface of the sun type heat, but uh, like in a larger vessel that would cause combustion as well, mm. uh, like instantaneous combustion. But because the water's coming in, Too fast it probably would ca- catch fire. So, but basically, it would be like a temperature flash, and that would be temperature it. temperature flash and a pressure, uh, like high. Look, imagine you, you catch a water jet. The only virtue of 100. dying this way is it's, it is literally yeah, instantaneous. instantaneous. Yeah, yeah. yeah, faster than a blink of an eye. Yes. So, at that point, then, uh, stories started to emerge about the design of the vessel. Mm-hmm. about the approach that the CEO of the company, sadly, one of the people who did die, yep. um, had to things like safety, stories about people who'd raised safety concerns, a whole bunch of people who are part of that community who all now seemingly have discovered their voices mm-hmm. and are all saying that, eh, when I heard about it, it sounded like it wasn't a good idea. Yep. And the reason everyone was concerned is that normally these vessels, I think, are constructed from steel. Yes, steel and aluminium. So yep. materials that we understand. Um, so James Cameron's been a lot deeper. He's been to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, the Mariana Trench, yep. um, which is like eleven thousand. It's even meters by so, another, yeah, like three times almost. Mm. Um, so he's been way deeper. But his his vessel, uh, another experimental vessel, was basically designed for for a single person to go down, and it was. Done properly. Yeah. Um, I mean, all of these things share the same properties as an egg. The idea is that as long as it maintains its shape, Mm -hmm. 
and nothing cracks in the surface, yep, uh, can withstand immense amounts of pressure, yep. far more than you would ever imagine. Correct. However, if that ceases to be true, that's what happens where the thing gets crushed, it gets burst, it gets people inside done. Yep. Now, the material that this particular vessel was made from, it was supposed to be a carbon fiber and titanium composite design. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure whether um, we're talking layers of material or we're talking just different parts of the pressure vessel were made from different things. Five inches of composite. So, but it was not certified. Because these things are experimental. Yep. And because the vessel was going down in international waters, mm-hmm. there's no legal no, there's requirement no legal. No, no. to have these vessels certified. Mm-hmm. Now, both Vlado and I are structural engineers. Uh, we understand that for most things that exist in most countries, they have to be uh, designed to minimum safety standards mm-hmm. in order to have human beings allowed anywhere near them. Yep. And while we would love to turn around and say that these standards were all constructed from people who had done, you know, great paper calculations in the beginning mm-hmm. and worked out what could and could not be possible and then said, well, your regulation shall be this. But we both know that that's not how these things happen. What happens is you get a cowboy error mm-hmm. where the possibilities of the um, the field mm-hmm. are wide open because there's only a handful of participants. Yep. They come up with all sorts of designs, some good, some bad. Think a more rigorous version of the Moomba uh, <laughs> launches. Yep. Yeah, the, the, the Birdman yeah. rally. Um, where you get a whole bunch of wacky designs, most of which don't even get off the drawing board mm-hmm. because something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that reach a certain point. Now, uh, the CEO did say that most of these systems are designed to within an inch of their life anyway, like the safety regulations required to certify mm-hmm. something are quite high. Yep. But in this instance, um, his argument, and to be completely genuinely fair to him, the statement on the surface, which is that aside from the pressure vessel, the rest of the stuff, it doesn't matter if it fails. I would, I mean, from the point of view of, instantaneous death yes you're right um if a fin's ripped off if the power dies if a whole bunch of things happen Mm -hmm. that don't compromise that pressure vessel yep no one dies immediately but immediate death isn't the only criteria but the problem here of course is it still means that you're stuck on the bottom of the ocean with a limited amount of oxygen in an environment where you can't leave the vessel or even on the surface of the ocean in a vessel you cannot open and you still suffocate Exactly. Because they were bolted in. Yes. Like until the the vessel's actually uh, removed from the water Mm -hmm. and they undo it. They're relying on on whatever oxygen supply they have available to them. Because by definition, there can be nothing on the surface that can be a source of failure. Mm -hmm. By surface, I mean surface of the vessel. That could be a potential weak spot that the pressure could break open. Because at that depth, if there is, it will. Yeah. You can't have a whole bunch of extra stuff hanging. But on. there are other ways and failsafes that they could have, but they didn't have that they could have. That like a, if it was properly engineered, they would have had. So, for example, the fact that they were bolted in and they couldn't get out, even if, even if they were able, like early. I think on- the biggest problem is that if anything went wrong, they mm. were completely dependent upon an outside agency to come and get them. Correct. 
at a depth and a location where anything other than low frequency signals mm-hmm. can't get out. Yep. So there's no uh, radio, there's no light communication, there's no, um, there's nothing short of like a, essentially a thumping. <laughs> yeah, they had no GPS. I mean, uh, in previous descents, they had issues with the communications. So I've heard multiple examples, but so in one of the examples of somebody who was interviewed, I think it was on the previous, one of the previous descents, he was basically saying that they went for like a couple hours without communications. Basically, they lost all all communications, and then they got the communication they got back was they were able to SMS um, messages through yep. to the to the um, the surface vessel. Yes, but at, at that time, basically they turned off all internet on the surface vessel, so nobody could actually tweet that they were having t- def- technical difficulties. <laughs> um, in this instance, where the the um, the, the uh, catastrophic failure, um, they didn't report any issue for hours. So when they lost contact, because again, it wasn't the first time. This is a, a multiple a failure of multiple systems on the board. Yes, it was a structural failure that caused the death. But even if they had, like the chances are they would have died anyway because they wouldn't have been found in time. Correct. Because there was no mechanism by which they could be found Correct. in time. So It's not like there was a tether that you could have just followed down to grab them. There wasn't a... Uh, they couldn't light themselves up so that someone at least getting... a some of the way down there could eventually. There was no way to communicate because so if if it was a power failure, they would, they couldn't c- control or communicate the vessel. Um, if if it, if they had managed to surface, they, there wasn't any way to communicate. Um, if there was, um, and you could, can't just get out. drag them straight up from the bottom of the ocean. No, it would have taken hours. It could have killed them anyway. That's right. It still would have taken hours. So there was a French vessel, ro- um, or, um, robotic vessel, which was being deployed, um, which could have grabbed it and potentially taken it up or attached um, buoyancy mm. to uh, to, to start to bringing it, it from the depth. So, but it still would have taken hours. And and before they found the wreckage, they were talking about it them relying on the fact that maybe they had not panicked and maybe they were able to extend the amount of ex- oxygen that they had available to them. So but they it, didn't know because no, no, didn't. no one had procedures for this sort of event, Precisely. even though this was a foreseeable. And this is before they had even located the wreckage. Mm. So they were and so they were still hours away from being on surface had they found it like in that instant. Mm. But, so and had they been on the surface, they couldn't get out. They could have suffocated on the surface of the, of mm. the thing. So there's. So and this shows what the whole system of systems. This shows why engineering matters, and this is why certification. This is why it is actually interesting to us. Yeah, and look, I mean, it can be sound pretty dry to people, but like this happens. This ha- happened in the aerospace industry. This happened in the space industries. So this this happens again and again. And look, and basically, and if you're going to operate anywhere, human beings don't naturally mm-hmm. live. And the bottom of the ocean definitely fills yes. that. Like, a far more hospitable environment would be like Death Valley yes. in comparison. Easily. There's oxygen there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find shelter and you have mm-hmm. water and you can in- last semi-indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You can't do that at the bottom of the ocean. I know. You You are completely reliant like, on this the top of Everest is a more hospitable environment Absolutely. than the bottom of the ocean. Absolutely. Uh, like uh, I- aircraft, 
If you go if you go up high and depressurize, you got more, you got you got a you better, got chance better chance of surviving. That's right. So, like the only place that you could possibly go that's worse than the bottom of the ocean is space. But even space is is um, we know more about space. We've been doing it for longer. We've been doing it better. It's and. And because it came um, from the aerospace industry, and 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 our atmosphere is closer to zero atmosphere than it is to a thousand atmospheres yes. or even four hundred atmospheres. Like this, so the, the pressure differential between us and space, space will not crush their vessel. No, I mean, and so space, you, you could explode. Yes, or be barbecued by any one of a number. So of the, you know, it's it's not safe by any stretch of the imagination, but. But space itself does not crush the vessel, so which op- opens up a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, design options that are not available. You can't make a submersible as thin as you make a spacecraft. No, no you, so you, you need structural integrity. But also, as well as in structural integrity, you need all those other things in Because place. you have to assume that something will go wrong mm-hmm. and you need and to have an answer to the question of, well, what happens next? And they didn't have the redundancies in place. From, and again, because we're talking about cowboys, we're talking about people doing on. And look, they, they, they signed away over They said that you were getting into experimental. Yeah, but here is the question. And, and, and this is something that I think, I was talking about this with my sister yesterday. Because she was wondering, well, you know, why is pe- why are people feeling so sorry for a bunch of people who should have known better? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, not everyone would know better. And even if you had a waiver, even if you assigned a waiver, even though they say on the waiver the first page has something like three separate references to death. Yep. There's still a, an assumption that's built into the journey, which is that you'll make it down there and you'll make it back if nothing goes wrong. Yep. You know. And by nothing going wrong, I'm not talking about um, could you break down. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that inherent in the design, there's nothing wrong. Yep. You know, um, that it's been checked by someone who is not the designer, who is not the person paying for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, that some form of risk safety analysis had been done to yep. identify the most likely risks mm. and have something in place to address them. Not, we'll cover it up, we'll whistle, and we'll hope that somehow it gets better. Yeah. All right. So, we, we should <laughs> go to a song and station break. We'll, we'll talk more about this. We'll talk about the, the- I'm interested in the material part of it. So, we'll talk about the material stuff. We'll talk about the- people speaking up about it mm. and the warnings and, and people having yeah, this multiple yeah so look we'll, we'll get more into the engineering again if you want to say hello um, feel mate, free feel free at R-C-K-T-S-R-G-R-Y Rocket Surgery No Vowels on Facebook and Twitter um, Andrew and I will be back after a uh, short station break and song back soon oh, we're back yes that was uh, DJ Firth with a mashup of uh, called Heart Will Go On in the End. Yes. So, um, yes, a good, cool mashup. <laughs> Again, see if you Connected. can <laughs> connect the dots. So, uh, there's a little bit of Celine Dion in there. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so, uh, we're talking about the, the, the basic problem Titan yes. submersible, the basic problem. Um, so, uh, so up until now, you probably haven't needed to have much engineering knowledge no. um, or science knowledge other than to understand that uh, going down to the bottom of the ocean is a very dangerous activity, one you would expect to be treated with uh, a little more care and diligence than 
you would expect from someone, you know, mm. driving to the local shop. Yeah. So, uh, so, <laughs> to, to if, if Jeff was here, probably say, well, talk to me. What do, yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? So basically, the, at those depths, it's like there are many things that are trying to kill you. In well, the, the big big thing is pressure. So yeah. basically, here on the surface at sea level, you get one atmosphere of pressure, and that's the, all the air above us. Yes. Pushing down, pushing on down us. us. That's one atmosphere. So for every ten meters you go down in water, that's another atmosphere. So, so the, all all the space, all the all the oxygen and nitrogen above us, is equivalent of ten meters of water above you. So in so each atmosphere, for every ten meters you go, get about an, another atmosphere. They're down. Lots. Yeah. So most submarines, military submarines, go down to maximum about 500 meters. Yes. Because um, they can achieve most of what they want to achieve. Most of the areas they really want to go in don't go that deep. Mm-hmm. There are real problems with their systems if they go much deeper anyway. Yep. Like for the kinds of things they want to do. Correct. And they have hulls that are designed to go down that far. Yep. Like uh, multiple hulls inside of... Like, sorry... Imagine like an onion. Yep. For this very reason. But onion of of similar metals. Yes. Or similar materials. One of the problems with this one is the dissimilar materials that we used that react differently to temperature and pressure. Yes. But, but I, I digress. So, um, so the equivalent at at the um, I at think it was described. It was like two seven four sevens. Uh, balancing on the head of a pencil, mm. pushing into you. Yeah, that's what the pressure is like. Yeah, I, yeah, I heard it described as like at at, at that sort of. You're looking about 300 Teslas pushing onto your wrist, the Tesla cars pushing yep. onto this, the area of your wrist. Imagine, and that's all over your body. Yep, like every single square inch of your mm-hmm. body. Yep. So is the, having this pressure pushed into the it. The wrist is used as an example of a square inch. Yeah. And so 300 Teslas pushing down. On that square that inch. That amount and yeah, over your entire body, again, hence why death was almost instantaneous. If yes. Not, yeah. So, um, so you're talking about a lot of pressure um, and uh, uh, generally a, a vessel – um, would be require a type certification. So now, because this was someone gov- would need to demonstrate that the hull had been checked, that it had been manufactured to a certain standard, yep. it had been pressurized yep. internally, yep. and it had gone down to like in a sea trial, yep. that it doesn't go pop. Yeah, a sea trial or yeah, similar um, equivalent. And to demonstrate what, and you need to have a actually worked out plan, not a I'll I'll, I'll work it out when it happens plan. Yep. A demonstrable and certified plan yeah. of what you will do if various things go wrong. Correct. So, um, so what I heard was basically the the, the lineage, the um, the pedigree of the vessel that was used, um, largely comes from the people who designed the uh, submersible for. Um, Fawcett, the adventurer, billionaire um, adventurer who was trying to get to the bottom of the ocean. And and when he passed away, Virgin um, Submersible Deep Sea, or I can't remember what they're called, purchased it. And basically, this is sort of spun off of that. But the thing is, the designers of that vessel basically said, um, this is a single-use vessel only. And basically, when they demonstrated its success, it says, all right, this is never to be used again. It's going in the Smithsonian to demonstrate it could be done. It could be done. Um, it could get to the bottom of 
the Pacific or the Atlantic or whatever. So and this is where we start looking at the material itself. Correct. So, and that's um, one of the uh, big unknowns about c- composites are relatively new compared to aluminiums and steels, which we've been using for a long time. For the longest time, and I can remember, uh, this was after our uni days, but probably late 90s, mm-hmm. I went to a Royal Aeronautical Society talking about the use of composites in... Um, aircraft yep and at the time they said these things would be relegated to secondary structures Mm -hmm. because there was no way you would want to put critical load path uh requirements aka will the entire weight of the aircraft with passengers and crew and cargo will that uh their survival depend upon whether or not this material fails Mm -hmm. uh for materials like various grades of aluminium titanium steel even Mm -hmm. some aircraft have got steel parts in them those properties have been demonstrated over many years. Um, they break according to reasonably well-known, but not fully well-known mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Um, the behavior is, to an extent, predictable. Yep. Depending upon how you use them. And well, and, and how they've been manufactured. So there's a lot of regulations in how you manufacture it. And there's testing about that manufacturing saying you have to have made it to these standards, there are standards to the manufacture of the the raw number materials. of defects, yeah. the number, and, and and these materials are actually homogenous, mm-hmm. like it's the same material. Yep, there are little little pockets maybe of uh, of imp- uh, impurities, yep. but within a very mm-hmm. carefully set yeah bound, um, i.e., not too much. Mm-hmm. The problem with com- carbon fiber composites is that while you can achieve amazing uh, strength outcomes, depending on the design you use. Yep. Because it's part structure, part material, at the material level, let mm-hmm. alone what you make them, you use the material for, there's always an element of uh, what's called delamination, which yep. is where the material parts separate. Um. Many things can cause delaminations. Yep. Poor uh, practices in construction, mm-hmm. uh, operator error mm-hmm. where a part gets struck. Mm-hmm. And the problem with composites is that on the surface it can look fine, but if you go below it layer by layer, the damage gets, the delamination gets worse and worse. Yep. And the problem with a structure like that that's been certified to a certain strength mm-hmm. is that's based on the idea that there are no delaminations. Correct. The moment you have these delaminations, the strength drops off and drops off quite quickly. Yeah, but this, that gets us to another problem with the way Ocean Gate were running this thing. Is yes. Basically, they were they were blowing away. They were justifying then their lack of regulations and certification because they were saying that um, most um, failures, catastrophic failures in the aerospace and space industries have, were due to user error. Yes. And their culture doesn't allow that that to be an issue. That's this is what in their own material that's what they said. Also, they They're human beings, aren't I, they? I, yes. <laughs> so again, but they 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 saw themselves as infallible. Uh, they also didn't see the need to do NDI or NDT, non-destructive inspections or non-destructive um, testing because because of the cost and the time and and uh, and, this and gets, the difficulty of, in, of inspecting a composite of that thickness 
with any sort of level of, of certainty. And this would be a problem even if you were sending it through the atmosphere. Correct. Yeah. So they, they were relying on uh, acoustic sensors to tell them if the structure was having any problems. But the problem is that, and it was pointed out in by multiple <laughs> people who were, were dealing with materials and with submersibles, is basically the, the sensors wouldn't give them enough time to do anything about and if, even if they did have enough time, what would they do about well, it? Precisely. So there's no repair mechanism you can use. Yeah. There's no like the only what you needed is a re, what's called a, a multiple redundancy mm-hmm. system, which basically says that if you miss a failure, yep, it doesn't lead to the catastrophic loss of Correct. the vessel. Correct. Because. The moment you do experience a failure, then you stop operating the vessel according to what you were hoping to do, and mm-hmm. now you move into rescue and recovery. Yep. Now, if it was a uh, a control fin, mm-hmm. you would hope that there was some path of redundancy to still retain enough control because yep. the aircraft have been lost through loss of controls. Yep. And through the most minor of events sometimes can cause those Correct. that loss of control. And while the vessel itself is still intact, mm-hmm. if you can't steer it, yep. you can't move it, yep. at some point, you're going to run out of time yep. or you're going to hit something that mm-hmm. you don't want to hit. And that's what's going to cause the loss of the vessel. Yep. And that is a predictable, like that's not a, we have a safety culture, we will never make a no. mistake. That's just random chance. Yep. Um, as we know through gust analysis, mm-hmm. you know, you never know what big, block of air is going to come along and hit your aircraft and harder the, and from an angle you weren't expecting. And it's in, the sub, in, in the deep ocean, you have the same thing with currents. Yes. So you have currents going up and down and left and right. And and one of the previous um, demonstrations of, of uh, I think it was of the Titan, was basically um, it, um, it experienced some unexpected buoyancy. It got to about um, a thousand meters or... It got to a, a certain level and then hit, um, they had to deploy downward thrust to counter the unexpected buoyancy. Um, but as a result of that downward thrust, um, basically there was interference with the communications and basically cut out communications and go, well... And this is the thing. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you'd been operating these things for like 100 years mm-hmm. and all of the potential ways of losing communication had been experienced and you had ways around mm-hmm. that, no one would have worried about yep. it. Like, lot, temporary loss of communication happens. Yep. Um, just ask people who are lost in mountains sometimes. Mm-hmm. that, uh, Or, you know, sometimes if you're trying to navigate in a car uh, in the middle of a city with high-rises yep. and the yep. signal to your GPS is mm-hmm. blocked. So, it happens. Yep. It's not... No. And given how few methods of communication exist at that depth... But, but that, to me, counters the whole culture of safety in the in the supposed ocean gate you go no you're there are, what your material advertised material says contradicts what we're seeing in, in your approach and in terms of engineers who spoke out and said they wouldn't certify this because because they hadn't um, done the appropriate testing, testing. Mm. Um, and then the, the company uh, suing the the uh, former employee um the company suing people from external organisations who express concern about yes. the the safety of this vessel and the reputation it'll and damage it'll, uh, disaster would have on the industry. Yeah. Um, and basically, the well, again, if you're running a model that requires uh, 
people to pony up an enormous amount of money mm-hmm. for an exclusive experience. No one's going to pony up an enormous amount of money for an experience that kills them mm-hmm. unless they're weird. And most people who do this sort of stuff are interested in the thrill, yep. but not in the reality of like, you know, do you understand that four in five uh, voyages to the bottom of the ocean end in death? Yeah. <laughs> At that point, people are going to go, eh, I might wait until, you know, you've, you've done a bit more work. Yeah. But the fact that, and, and this, thing, this gets back to the whole commercialization, the fact that they are selling tickets, mm. there would be- well, an, their argument is this is how they fund the, the operation so that they can then do the scientific research but the, But the fact that if, if I see something for sale, then- you, uh, there's a, a an assumption on the on the person that, that the product is what the is product is advertised. That's right. As. Now, how realistic is that? See, and this gets back to um, an element of due diligence. Mm-hmm. Every single piece of information that currently people have been able to dig up existed before yep. the vessel went down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's an element of, um, I don't know, hubris or laziness even, Mm -hmm. and I use that term guardedly, uh, that says, it's fine, I'm sure. I'll just quickly have a look. This company looks like it's reputable. Someone told me they had a lot Mm -hmm. of fun doing it. Uh, There's an element of uh, survivor bias Mm -hmm. going on. Well, it's already gone down twice. It must be okay. They assume that. And this gets back to uh, an area that we are more familiar with, the idea that repeated experiences do not make a design safer. No, if anything. The act of experiencing the environment Mm -hmm. actually creates damage opportunities. Yep. Both random and just repeated cyclic use over time. And this is a question, again, where even just what happens to carbon fiber like, what does water under pressure do to carbon fiber? Yep. Because there's a lot of space in carbon mm-hmm. fiber. That's how it's so light. Mm-hmm. It's not what one would call a homogenous material. No. There are air gaps all over it. And it, it, act, it behaves in different in different ways it, in, and of in, course, under different types of pressure. And, and with temperature changes. Correct. And, and this is the thing. Uh, the ocean is not just a linear temperature um, it's not like it Great, just gets yeah. colder and colder and colder as you go deeper and deeper and deeper. If anything, potentially mm-hmm. it goes hot and cold due to either currents, currents, pressure. Like, and each of those uh, zones yep. we've explored to a limited extent, mm-hmm. you know, because again- Mostly uh, with uh, unmanned vessels. Yes. And so if they lose one, it's like, oh, that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can recover it and see what happened. Yep. Not- Time to organise five but, memorial but services because we're never getting this back. I would say most of those autonomous vessels probably have greater redundancies built into them because of the cost and in, in, investment put it's into like it. Space vessels, that's right. You know, even if it's an unmanned probe, you want it to survive. Yeah. And if something happens, you want to have some chance of getting mm-hmm. something from it. Correct. You don't do these things on a whim. Yep. So um, the Ocean Gate claimed that, that this vessel was created in partnership with Washington State because uh, um, uh, so the the CEO was was a former test pilot for Lockheed Martin I think it was yep. um, he wanted to be a military pilot but because of vision problems he ended up being a test pilot for one of the OEMs uh, um, original aircraft uh, original equipment manufacturer so Lockheed Martin for example um, and then he decided that he wanted to be more like James T. Kirk 
and wanted to go exploring, so he flipped from um, space and, and flight to submersibles. Um, and he made um, a lot of money, and, and um, his wife was a... Uh, he, uh, his wife's grandparents or great-grandparents like um, had died on uh, the Titanic. So hence why this was a int- an area of interest for... The family. For the, the family, for... Um, Rush, the CEO. To a certain extent, it's interesting um, as a parallel mm. where uh, everyone has heard that, well, most people have heard that the Titanic was claimed to be unsinkable. Mm-hmm. Again, due to a design that had not mm. been utilized before. Most most ships had a what would be called a watertight deck. Yep. So basically, uh, you could seal the doors and the water literally could not go above mm-hmm that level unless there was physical damage that enabled it to. Yep. Um, in the Titanic's case, it was a series of bulkheads running from uh, bow to stern. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of those would act as like a little, almost like multiple bubbles yep. of, uh, to contain of, the, of buoyancy yeah, to, get, to contain any. Uh, and the irony is because they grazed the iceberg mm-hmm. instead of running into it, mm-hmm. Um, if they'd run into it, chances are they would have completely destroyed the front of the ship, mm-hmm. but they would not have likely punctured as many compartments yep. as they did when they grazed mm-hmm. the, the ice. Um, more people would have died initially yep. from the crash, mm-hmm. but the vessel, the ship wouldn't have sunk, and therefore, by extension, the total loss of life would have been... Yep. But you're not going to condemn uh, the crew for trying to avoid hitting the iceberg. No. But again, it's this idea of unintended consequences and um, the ship being designed to survive one type of mm-hmm. accident yeah. and experiencing a different kind of accident. That I, if, if its competitors had experienced the first kind, mm-hmm. they probably would have sunk and the, the, and, uh, the Titanic would not have. Yep. But if they experienced what the Titanic had experienced, the chances are they would have still been okay. Yeah. And by okay, I use that term loosely because, after all, you know, a lot of cold water inside of a ship, uh, like a ship that's damaged, uh, a lot of things can go wrong. Yep. But regardless, uh, it just gets back to this idea of um, design assumptions. Yep. And what kind of modes of failure you imagine. Um, The problem is because of where the vessel was lost, the idea that we'll get enough wreckage back that will give us no. an idea of the failure yeah. is because there'll be a part of the ship that'll be blown out because mm-hmm. basically that's where the air was pushed out. Yep. That's not where it failed. Yeah. That's that's a that's a consequence mm-hmm. of the failure. But the part where it it, it got in, no one will know no. unless they do a uh, they they rebuild them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not with people inside them. And they actually do the testing. Yeah. And this gets back to another famous accident, mm-hmm. uh, the Comet. Yes. Where the idea was, this was the first time we'd lost an aircraft through uh, a failure that had occurred because of repeated use of the aircraft, yeah. as opposed to a design flaw where just a part snapped yeah. or poor materials yeah. or pilot error or any one of a bunch of... Uh, immediate causes. It, it was a design flaw, but an unknown one, and that was only pre- uh, be- only became evident because of the cyclic use of the aircraft. So, and when a second aircraft went down, mm-hmm. 
that's when they realized it wasn't just a flaw in the aircraft, but a flaw in the aircraft design. Yes. And how they tested for that was they built a giant tank of water. Um, they got the uh, an aircraft, put it in the tank, yep. and then uh, pressurized it and depressurized it and pressurized it and depressurized it. And because it was in a big tank of water, when it failed, it didn't rip apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the useful bits, kind of like shooting a bullet into water to yep. get uh, a picture of the rifling mm-hmm. on the slug. The water contained the, the, the damage, and therefore, by extension, they were able to identify exactly where it failed. Yep. And in this instance, they'd failed at a corner, a which we window. now subsequently know is mm. what's called a stress razor in the industry. Yep. Um, and it's basically a part where the general... Uh, load that the structure experiences yep. is concentrated and then magnified. Yep. And so while in general it would have survived the the loads that you would normally expect, the very fact of that concentration pushes that load above what the material can t- cope with and it starts to fail. Yep. For all we know, something similar happens to yeah. the vessel in the bottom of the, of the ocean, but then because it's made of a material that itself has many, uh, not question marks, but certainly properties that are not as well understood. Yep. And look, I mean, a, a, a small dimple in, a, in, a, in a, any material, composite or, or um, aluminium, or would then become that stress at that, razor. At that depth. Yeah, it becomes again. So so Washington State have basically walked away from any, any um, that were not involved in any design or any, any certification. Um, NASA, who supposedly were partnered, Boeing, who also mentioned in the- Everyone who's been mentioned in the advertising said, has said, don't look at us. We had nothing to do with it. So basically, there are a lot of people walking away from it. And in terms of, um, you, you mentioned unintended consequences. I mean, um, um, this is- um, uh, cautionary tales often talk about this unintended versus unexpected. This mm. was not unexpected because there were warnings, there were letters, there were threats of legal cases of people telling them this is what's going to happen if you keep You're going to lose one of these if you keep so doing it. While it was unintended, they didn't intend to lose five people. The CEO wouldn't have been in that vessel if he intended it to fail. So it was definitely not intentional but it was, but it was not, not unexpected a, correct and the other thing is the the parallels with the titanic have been in terms of um but gun, we, we can point to yeah. we can point to any one of a number of catastrophic we'll call them accidents yep. um that have occurred through a range of industries mm-hmm. nuclear chemical rail uh, shipbuilding, f- aircraft, spacecraft, yep. mining uh, designs, mm-hmm. uh, car designs. They all bear the hallmarks of uh, the same kind of hubris, which is we can manage the problem. Yes. Yes. All right. So it is 11.34. We said we're going to be out of here by 12. We better change. A couple of <laughs> stories. So look, there's a really cool uh, YouTube video if you want to check out. Um, I think it's called 2-Bit. Two bit, two bit Two-bit science or two-bit... Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll post a link to it. Um, who wants to go more into the engineering is an engineer who talks about this. And um, and the Canadian... Um, uh, Canadians are, authorities are looking into this. They're basically going to do the, the crash investigation. Um, so they're going to um, look And look, that. if people want to reach out to us through the socials... Absolutely. Um, we aren't maritime designers, no. but a lot of the same... Uh, safety concerns that exist for ships yep. do exist for aircraft. 
Um, and by extension, we're also used to operating in environments that aren't mm-hmm. conducive to human existence. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and therefore, by extension, you need to be uh, – you can't just pull over when a plane breaks down. No. So you have to have certain solutions to certain problems. Yep. More than just pull over and wait for the RACV. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So we'll leave it there. We'll do a station break. We'll do another song. Again, in the theme that we is the, is the mystery theme. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Andrew and I will be back to talk about... It's a mystery why you think it's the, a mystery. <laughs> we'll talk about Apple. We'll talk about uh, virgin births and we'll talk yes. blue balls. Back soon. And we're back. And we're back. Yes, that was, so uh, was that? the, the Lumine- Lumineers with submarine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Sorry. theme's not coming through to me. Through? No? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll probably play one or two more songs. So probably one actually. So <laughs> twenty minutes to go. All right, how about we uh, we we do some of these other stories? So Apple Vision, uh, Apple Vision Pro. So um, a week and a half ago, I'm going to say. Yep. Um, maybe two weeks ago, uh, Apple basically announced that they did their long-awaited, their long-anticipated yeah, um, entry, entry into, into the, the VR market. So AR, VR, the headset market. So Facebook have their, their Oculus, their, there's Quest, there's, there's a number it's of… It's in that class. It's in that class. There's Microsoft have their HoloLens too. This has been everyone's been waiting for because Apple are the game changer. They're the, they're the you know the, what they 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 did, may not be first, but they tend to produce products that redefine. Correct. This is the what industry, and so they were, man, I should be paid. I know. <laughs> so Apple Vision Pro um, is look. It looks impressive from what I've seen, but I've seen a lot of people poo pooing it. And a lot of people um, are sort of mock the uh, a few of the features, but um, Apple hope that basically this is going to be their first Apple device that you look through, not at. Um, basically, that they're, they're talking about uh, this being able to capture life's moments, being able to give you a computer that you wear and project into the room, so you could have a. A thousand so it's more inch. AR than VR. So it is. I would describe this as mixed reality. So it is AR in the sense. So it has the capability to do VR because basically, the way it works is has forward-facing cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, so it uh, projects onto your uh, field of view um, from what the cameras see in front of it. It also has a LED display on the outside, so that basically it can, and it has. Uh, inward-facing cameras to, to see track your, your track your eyes, but also your expressions. So then it can generate an instance of your eyes and um, to somebody who's watching you. Right. <laughs> so, so you can actually get you can see what Big Brother's actual eyes look like. So so yes, the, the intent is basically to get away from the fact that well, I can't. People want to see eyes when they're talking to somebody. Uh, if you were wearing a augmented reality headset, you I would have a floaty blob. Correct. So I would assume you're not actually talking to me. You're in the in a virtual yeah. world, um, in in augmented reality because you generally they they got lenses that you can see through. Mm. Um, at least the ones that uh, uh, a lot of them, not all of them. You don't um, want someone to look like Geordie LaForge, aka with a visor. Correct. That so the top again, of their face. So, so they they've got around this workaround. This workaround is basically having an LED which will project the people's eyes to external viewers. 
so I can have a conversation <laughs> while still wearing these things. That's a little See, bit weird. All I want to do then is hack it so that if I'm sleeping, it'll project <laughs> my eyes on it, and I'll finally have the classic. So uh, there have been lot, there are lots of memes about this, and basically this is like um, um, uh, uh, Patrick with the binoculars in SpongeBob SquarePants, yeah. just having eyes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's weird, but I can understand why. It's something you turn on and turn off. Um, but in terms of the capability of this thing, it looks pretty good. Um, they you've got a. A battery that will last two hours. It's tethered to a battery. So, okay. how um, heavy is the headset? So it's it's um, probably uh, I don't know exact weight. I probably Roughly. get up to spec, but it's it's, it's lighter than a Hololens two, but um, it's it is heavier than a pair of glasses, heavier than a pair of ski goggles. Um, but the weight. So it's did, just as well that you really can't run it for more than two hours because the well, weight you, would you start could, to press yeah. on your face a bit. So you could. You could run for longer if you're plugged in, um, but yeah, it has a two-hour battery pack that's expandable. Um, but it's it's very much looks like a pair of expensive ski goggles. It's got a thick band. It's got uh, speakers which um, will project um, sound, mm-hmm. uh, so you can. Um, th- they are really they've spent lots of money on this. Not as much as as Facebook spent on Meta, but it's still spent a lot of money on this. They're basically this is these are the yeah. the latest basket that they're putting most of their eggs in. Um, they're still making money out of the Apple Macs and their their iPhones and all that sort of stuff. So that that business they're not gonna is go going to go bankrupt no, no. because of it. No, no. Um, now is this a consumer product or is this still so a it's, semi? So it's about seven thousand dollars per unit. So, so no, no, it's not a consumer. So product. The, but they're hoping that basically it it will replace a number of your devices. It will work well with your 7, Apple. $7,000 is, is asking a again, lot. Again, this is, this is the... I mean, but you think about what Apple's co- Apple phones cost when they first came out compared to whatever all the other phones were. They were an, an order of magnitude more expensive than the competitors. So they are not competing. They are trying to create a new um, yeah, but ecosystem. I, I, not ecosystem, but you know... I know what you're getting at. It's 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 the same slow soaking in mm-hmm. uh, of like the product will sell itself if people are sold on its capabilities. Who can uh, ignore the price tag? Correct, and that will then generate the revenue they need to mm-hmm. make it a cheaper version for your average consumer. Yep, that will not be as capable potentially, mm-hmm. or at least will not be the the most advanced generation mm-hmm. capability, but will be useful enough that people will be willing to fork out a thousand bucks for yeah. them. Well, and eventually might get down to... Because if you had like the same functionality as your phone yep. or your iPad... Yep. It will have that functionality, but... At a thousand bucks, it's in the same class. Yep. Now, some people would say, I'm not paying a thousand bucks for something mm-hmm. like this. Or... I like the idea that my phone goes in my pocket or I can leave it on a table mm-hmm. and I can walk away from it. Yep. Um, this thing kind of almost feels like it's tethered to you. Yep. Like it would, weight and size wise, it would have to get down to the point of being about, I think a large set of spectacles is probably the weight area mm-hmm. w- that you're talking about here. And I think that's th- that's where they would like to be in in a short time but they're trying to create a, a demand so basically they don't know how people are going to use it so their, their promotional material pitches all these different things you can watch in, watch t- 
TV on a thousand inch TV. You can record your kids' special events and 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 relive them in three D. You go well. That would be weird wearing this thing while you're recording the, the kids. That implies party. that um, things they don't know how it's going to be used. They don't know what niche. They don't know what demand there might be. No, for no, it, I, so. I agree. But I mean, um, it's still pitching into a. Um, I think the only thing that would make sense to me, mm-hmm. and I am not claiming to be the oracle of how this thing should be used, is the idea of being able to project anything you're looking at to a community of yep. people. So um, the kind of things where uh, you can be anywhere and someone reaches out to you and you can create a virtual mm-hmm. um display system mm-hmm. that from that you can then uh, show a variety of things yep. so you're not limited to the number of screens yep. and then you can project that to a group of fellow mm-hmm. whatevers yep. and they can then experience what you are experiencing yep. in real time mm-hmm. and go oh, okay so I, I think a space that this hasn't like these kind of devices hasn't haven't gone into is yep. collaborative, yeah. and and that's what a lot of people uh, see as the the advantage of augmented and mixed reality is basically those collaborative spaces. That's uh, there are a lot of people doing st- st- stuff trying to get it it accepted in those sort of spaces, and and a lot of people see that potential. The only other like commercial mm-hmm. mass use use is more getting rid of. Communication devices yep. that are other than this, yep. and the thing I think that's a bit of a pushback. Um, and who knows? I'm the wrong generation to ask this question of because, uh, from what I understand, and I don't have children, but this has been mm-hmm. semi-reliably reported to me is that uh, the current generations don't um, they don't call no text like, like they will text each other. Mm-hmm. Um, text has replaced letting your fingers do the walking. And I can't see how a device that has no keypad Mm -hmm. um, will uh, be immediately popular with a user group that you kind of want to start getting into it. Yeah, but that's the sort of mentality that people couldn't see Apple working because it was touchscreen because it didn't have a keyboard. Mm -hmm. And people wanted to type their, their... Everyone was Blackberries were the big thing mm-hmm. back then, and I said, "Well, no, it's never going to take off because it doesn't have a keyboard on it." Everyone but the thing is, they do have a keyboard. Yes, but they do. But you, you know, know what I mean? It's I like do. Yeah. The, the 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 problem I think is uh, solvable. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. VR, you yeah. can just project a keyboard and you mm-hmm. can send messages and all that sort of stuff, and you can keep track of a, a multitude of conversations. Yep. But I think that that's that's where the the thing the device will live and die on its collaboration potential, and also in terms of making it uh, less intrusive, being equivalent to a pair of glasses or, or or a contact lens, so something that is is doesn't have the cost of a big bulky limited battery life type thing. Um, that yeah, I mean, if, 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 if it could be like uh, you could. <laughs> And this gets back to people worrying about uh, electromagnetic waves. <laughs> but if you could walk through an area and literally be recharging yep. as you're walking along, you, you don't need a battery. Yep. Uh, like you get a battery down to, say, um, the size of a pencil lead. Yep. 
and that runs in the um, the frame. Mm-hmm. And that is Wi-Fi enabled so mm-hmm. that it can recharge itself as, it go, as you go along. Yep. Um, that would be good if you could separate the computer function from the communication function yep. so that you could still reach into the World Wide Web mm-hmm. to get useful information. Yep. But that doesn't mean then that you're easily contactable. Yep. You can choose whether or not you can be rung on your phone. No, your phone glasses. Look, it, <laughs> it, it was a huge hype. A uh, lot of a lot of people saying love it. A lot of people saying it's stupid. Look, it's we'll, like aircraft. We'll, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. first aircraft. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, and this is not the first. There have been many many headsets like this, but again, this is Apple. But all it takes out. is for someone to with enough uh, financial and technical clout to yeah. really get and I think, behind I think a it, design and then push it into. And the I think from a design point of view, I think it's good. I think from a from a um, technical point of view. It's solid. It's, ticking, it's, it's solid. I think, yeah, this is, again, the, the price point might be the challenge. But then here's the thing. If the if the, the technical specs solve the mm-hmm. problem, like it does what it's supposed to do, yep. the price is, is less relevant. Yeah. But the, the thing price is- Price only matters when either the functionality is so standardized that you can't really get a market advantage yep. from improved functionality, you know. There's only so many ways you can call pro- someone. <laughs> problem is, it the the price and the spec and the use cases they need to find that that Venn diagram has to find that 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 pocket that makes it a viable long term product. I mean, I think if you pursue use cases and specs, yep. no pun intended, um, <laughs> like specifications. Yep. That's probably a solid path, and so long as the the price point at that point is not eye watering. Yep. For what you're offering. Yep. Um, there's no point operating a collaborative tool that only two or three people can buy. Yep. Um, reliability will matter, uh-huh. particularly at that price point. Yep. You know, I don't care how good it is. If yep. it keeps breaking down, yeah. you won't use it. And if you don't use it, you'll go, it's a toy. And generally, Apple's pretty good in that sense. So. Yeah. They, they, they tend to be... They, they make because they get it right and, and uh, the ecosystem they tend to be less prone to breaking they don't play well with others but then they play very well with themselves and they usually get it right before they release it yeah. so usually okay there are examples of where they didn't like mm-hmm. apple maps and a whole lot of other mm-hmm. things but this they've waited they pushed this out while other people went out early they've waited so this, this has been long expected so all right we've got seven minutes Let's talk about uh, so just quickly the the virgin birth crocodile virgin birth yeah uh, so sixteen years living alone a female crocodile basically said I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not waiting I'm for not waiting a male to show up and fertilize my eggs correct it's basically uh, asexual re- reproduction so um, this occurred in Costa Rica now there's a problem with this in terms of basically this is just a clone of 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 the crocodile, you wouldn't base your species long term survival no, no. on half the genetic. But in, yeah, and we mentioned earlier they're frogs, they're they're the fish. They do this in terms of when there's a need. I guess the 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 biological need to reproduce exceeds the e- downsides of uh, a limited gene. Correct. So again, if it means that there an opportunity for the next generation, even though it's a clone of yourself, again. The the, um, I mean, the maths of it all is quite fascinating. The is. idea that all you need is one other person, and suddenly you have a stupendous number of potential outcomes. Mm-hmm. But if you only have yourself, there's only one outcome. That's right. 
So this, <laughs> so this is a 16-year-old female crocodile living in a wildlife park in Costa Rica. So they knew it was contained. It wasn't some randy crocodile just running in. It's basically, it was a, a, a closed system. And also, so, I mean, you know, reptiles tend to have a fairly long lifespan yeah. anyway. Yeah. So 16 is not that old. No. It's but, not like it's a dog. But I don't know how 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 early how fertile they get when they when whether they have how mature they are yeah. at sixteen. So I, I, I assume it's probably gone through a few cycles. So um, speaking of blue balls, <laughs> blue balls. I was saying the last story, um, blue balls. There's, there are a couple of stories. So uh, uh, blue balls coming up in my feed. I don't know why. Um, but <laughs> but uh, also one of the podcasts I listen to regularly, uh, Science Versus, actually did this, and they are actually the ones who who um, led the study that caused this research paper because there were, weren't any there was, I think there was one research paper on blue balls up to this date let's face um, it so it, for it anyone it who sounds, does not it sounds stupid anyone who doesn't know what blue balls is basically it's the, the, the premise that basically if a male gets aroused to the point of almost ejaculating but doesn't ejaculate and they can end up with painful testicles um, and the whole the whole premise is basically yeah you need to you need to clear the bikes. evacuate the yes so it the, the description in the science versus episode was basically a, a a teenage boy was getting intimate with his girlfriend and almost got to that point when they stopped for whatever reason and he he, he had the worst pain there and he spoke to his father because he wasn't going to a doctor because it's embarrassing and we spoke to his father he goes all right did you and did you almost and he goes, yeah well you got blue balls and go well what do you what do you do about it goes it's like a soda can that you've shaken up and you you need to you need to open it <laughs> and so but and she said what do you mean what dad's telling me to jack off he goes yes and so basically apparently cured it and, and so the research um and and the podcast and this article basically largely talks about Conjecture. This is largely, um, yeah. There's it's no the real male science. equivalent of an old wives' tale. Yes, correct. But the thing is, and and one of the things I liked is basically, there's not a lot of research in it because the remedy is simple. It's well known. Um, it's it's there's no need. It's not like it. Uh, um, it's a non-treatable disease. <laughs> okay, it's something. That's yeah. Now you got to be careful that you don't crash into a different set of problems mm. about um, let's just say that if you uh, can't mm-hmm. uh, complete the task, so mm-hmm. to speak, to, to give it a euphemism, yep. um, no matter how much you try, yep, then that's sign of a different problem. Yes, and yeah. but you may get yeah. blue balls as a consequence. Yeah. I'm, I'm making quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, tell me, d- d- does this paper have a conclusion? Oh, basically, the conclusion is there's not a lot of research, and most of it's it, it's 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 rubbish and old wives' tales, or, um, or the male equivalent of old wives' tales. Yeah, and that there the reason why there isn't this research is because of it's not really a problem. Before mentioned, it's not really a problem. So it, it was. Uh, if, if if it was true, they would you can cure it very easily. Yep. So the, the the study itself is actually published in Sexual Medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, uh, Science Versus uh, basically ran the survey that led to this and found that the number sort of statistically there are a lot of people there are instances of people re- having having it. claiming it, but in terms of 
is not there a actual scientifically uh, one or two determinable? S- no, there's yeah. no science, no real medicine. It's because you know, like most male sexual health mm-hmm. questions, it is extremely difficult to get a population willing to explore the problem. Correct. So yes, but uh, look, check out the the science versus. There's a reason why we die earlier. Yes, <laughs> precisely. <laughs> All right, so and look, I think we are we're at midnight. We said we're going to get out of here at midnight. So, um, Andrew, thank you. No, no, thank you, Vlado. We're it's uh, short and sweet. Short, and sweet, we got to talk fantastic. about structural engineering. Yeah, we so did. We went deep. It's not often we're actually allowed to. We went to deep in structural engineering, and it was relevant to the news. Okay, that is extremely rare. It is very rare. So and um, but yes, it was uh, no good. Not that I am in any way, shape, or form happy that five people died. Just to put it out there. This 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 would still be interesting without the tragedy. Yes. It's just sad that like in so many other industries, um, tragedy is often a precursor to safety. Yep. Precisely. All right. Um, so we'll go with the last song. The last song actually combines our last story and the theme. So this is still on, on point. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> this is still uh, on point. This could go very, very wrong. So if you re- if you listen to the show or you listen to the podcast, so this song is uh, Billy Bragg's Sexuality. If you reckon you, you've uh, listened to the podcast and like I've told you which songs I listen to them, if you reckon you know the themes, say hello on, on Facebook or on Twitter. Tell us what, what you say think hi. the theme was. <laughs> what you think the theme was. You won't win a prize, but <laughs> no, we'll no, laugh. We, we'll appreciate your, your, the fact that you've listened all the way through. Yes. Um, Andrew, I appreciate you coming in. No and worries. Thank you. Um, this has been episode uh, 340 of It's Not Rocket Surgery. It's, it's a balmy, like zero degrees outside. It's, oh, yeah. it's so cold. Uh, I, I may or may not make it to the car. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll go out with sexuality. Uh, good night. Good night. 30 seconds. Ignition sequence start. Here we got a roll program. It's not rocket surgery. The latest in science, technology, and geek culture. Astronauts report it feels good. Sunday nights from 10.30. Broadcast and streaming live. Podcast at all the usual podcast places. Follow and like us on Facebook and on Twitter at RCKTSRGRY. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. The eagle has landed. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.